Hello? Yeah, hello? Yes? Yeah, I'm looking for an artist. Oh, okay. I'm looking for an artist. Alright. Yeah. I'm looking for an artist. I'm an artist. Hello? Hello? I'm looking for an artist. Oh, I'm an artist. Hello? I'm an artist. Looking for an artist. I'm an artist. Hello? Looking for artists. Hello? as much singing as you're gonna get (laughs) we're rolling well speaking of rolling and speaking of balance i'm gonna start this episode even before we know yeah right even before we know your name Mm -hmm. mystery woman mystery woman starts with a c ends with an n oh (laughs) whoa both of them do uh, yeah, actually, fun facts. My whole name, including my middle name, all three names start with C. C I thought you were C, about C. to say and in with N. Unfortunately, that the middle name been. is an anomaly, but the first name and the last name start with C and yeah. with N. That's really cool. It's kind of cool. Which also starts with a C. C. Look at that. <laughs> you see? Okay. Oh, this is so, good. speaking of uh, rolling and balance, uh, what we'll do a lot is like, Talk, tangent, come back, tangent, come back. So, I'm going to start the episode with question of the day. Okay. Okay, cool. Question of the day for you, because it's different for every guest. I've repeated a couple, but I want to know what your favorite yoga pose is and why, or your favorite um, dance shape to be in. I don't want to call it a position, because I feel like, as we probably will get into... It's not just about, as, as with yoga, it's not just about holding positions. It's like so much more than that. So those are your two options. Okay. Well, I can kind of answer both of them. With yoga, I would say my favorite pose would be wheel pose. Um, it's a pretty deep back opener and front body opener. And for me, walking in New York a lot is very... I'm carrying bags all the time, so I'm I'm always, like, contracting and walking quickly, so I'm leaning forward. Um, And there's just a lot of this, like, forward pull, so that wheel pose counteracts all of that. And really, it doesn't even stretch me open. I feel like it just sets me back to where I should be, Mm -hmm. where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really love that particular pose for that reason. But it's interesting to follow up with what else you were just saying is that even in yoga tonight, I was teaching earlier. Um, I was saying exactly that, like, it's not really about doing these postures. There's a lot that we learn in the process of doing these postures, but I think so much of a practice in yoga or in dance is really not exactly what we're doing, but how we're doing. It's, I mean, same as anything in life, right too. So it's like a lot of, um, the way we're taking ourselves, through what we're doing Mm -hmm. and how we're using our breath in that moment and how we're um, staying connected to the the present sensation and not, you know, letting ourselves jump ahead into thoughts that haven't quite happened yet or or slip back. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Whoa. 
That's great. I think that's also very helpful for people that live in this city mm. uh, because I feel like so much of what we do is like causing us to furrow our brow, lean forward, and just like do everything with a lot more effort than it needs to be done. And yes. we're just like working against, we're just swimming upstream all the time. And mm. it takes work and attention to get to where you need to be. Like yeah. posturally, maybe even mentally, it's like living here, especially, this is true of just being a human, but living here, you have to work to be in the spot that you need to be. Mm -hmm. If you want to then stretch and open yourself, that's even more work. But just to be at like baseline is like a job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's like the culture of New York, too, is work, 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 work. And I love that. I love that we're always hustling and we're always doing new things and we've all got so many thoughtful ideas that we're ready to put into action and we've got mm -hmm. the resources and generally the support here to put these different things into action. But it's a lot of freaking work. So it's like, how do we do this work and how do we keep that hustle? But also, but also just, I don't know, make it feel good. Like just streamline. Yeah. And not was work too hard. Like, literally let's like love about it too. to say that. <laughs> literally about to say that. Love it too. Yeah. Like find the it. joy in it. Yeah. Otherwise, why anyway? Why anyway? This is perfect. I can already tell this episode's going to be super easy. This is looking for artists. And it's basically doing exactly, it's, it's exploring the topic and the, the sentiment behind what you just said, which is, yo, we have all these opportunities and resources in this city, but also just in the time that we live now, you know, to create or to do things, to express ourselves, to enjoy the work that we do. That's, that's like, um, that's a luxury that not everyone has been able to like enjoy and grab a hold of is like, we can enjoy what we do. We live in a time now where that's possible. So mm. looking for artists is exploring the artists and people, the creatives that are in this city that have been here, been doing things. And I want to know like what you're doing. How long have you been doing it? Are you finding joy in it? Mm -hmm. Are you, what, if not, why, you know, all of that, all of what you just said. So what's up? Yeah. What's, what's your name? <laughs> oh my God. We haven't even said my name yet. <laughs> I'm Caitlin. You said that there would be no singing, but <laughs> there would be no singing. I'm a terrible singer, but I might sing a little bit because Good. it, you know, it just strikes me sometimes. And I yeah. have a lot of um, energy inside of my body, and sometimes I just have to let it out. We'll we'll do something at the end <laughs> that'll help you let it out. Okay. Oh, great. But for now, try to keep it reined in okay. for the <laughs> listeners. No I'm kidding. <laughs> you could be crazy, uh, Caitlin. Where are you from? What do you do? Where are you from? Okay, I am from the South Jersey, Philadelphia area. I lived there through high school, and then I moved to South Florida for university. And For university? University. I went to... What would you major in? Dance. I had a... I, Bam. Yeah, BFA in dance, and I also minored in psychology. Um, and then I moved back to Philly for a year and was dancing with a company there and teaching yoga, so I did my yoga certification while I was in college, and then I 
had like lost this interest to live in New York, although all of my life prior I had wanted to live in New York. And then that summer after living in Philly for a year, I found myself here in, in New York. And like, as always goes, I think when you're here, you like, it's magical. And there's an energy here that really cannot be found, I think, anywhere else in the world. No. And so, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. But gladly so. There's <laughs> a, I have a buddy who is, he he always has like weird tidbits of information, mm, and some of them are facts. yeah, and then some of them just are borderline like conspiracy theory. Oh. You know, it's pretty blatant. But he's also transparent about the fact that it is conspiracy theory, and he doesn't believe it. He just finds it interesting. Mm. He stumbled across some wiki page at some hour of some night about like these old charts that were found where these um, excavators like found these old Mayan, I'm getting all the details wrong. I could probably find the article, but these like super old charts about, it's like a map that was like in a grid Hmm. and it, and the map wasn't completed, but it was just like the known world at that time. And then like, if you were to put the map that we have now onto, you know, the, the chart that they had and you follow the grid, like up. these points of energy, there are like intersections of two lines and like that are highlighted and circled as being like like energy spots. Like, Ooh. but they're all the major cities. They're where all the major cities have been and like are like settling and oh, finding themselves. One of them is in New York. Yeah, I think regardless of the validity of that story, there is an undeniable like force here. Force is the perfect word. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yep. It's never... Actually, when I first moved to New York, someone gave me this really great advice that I will always remember. And it's that New York never stops. So you can be here or you don't have to be here, but nobody's nobody's relying on you in the way that you might be needed in a smaller town. Nobody in New York necessarily needs you if you're not there someone just like you is going to fill that space and I think although that sounds a little harsh now that I'm saying it in this moment I think her advice to me in that is just like make yourself present and known and show up and that is what people here are are gonna remember and count on you for because when you're not here it's just gonna keep on going Mm -hmm. um that's interesting yeah I think that's that like that being the nature of the city is probably one determining factor that draws so many creatives here mm. is because it's like it, it you carve out your narrative you either matter or you don't and if you do matter it's because you're making it happen like mm. you can see that creation and like you, we can talk about like Luck is when opportunity meets preparation. The more prepared and hardworking you are, maybe the more luck you stumble across. Maybe luck doesn't exist. Well, that's a different conversation. All I'm saying is that you can, like, when you create a path for yourself here, that it feels really good. And especially, like, as an artist, I feel like I've had a lot of conversations on this podcast about how what we do isn't bread and butter, meaning it's not necessary. So it feels weird to to like devote so much of our time and energy to something that is very helpful 
and it's in in ways we can argue it it's necessity, but in terms of what it means to be a human and to just live, like we need food, water, we probably need people. We don't necessarily need like for me, I studied acting. We don't need acting. We don't need it. Well, telling stories is important, but you can do that without actors. Okay, but then do we need like? I mean, accountants, or I mean, accountants are our, ta- our taxes, but probably. I don't know. I would, I would argue that with we, the society we that we've built, art. you need to keep track of numbers. Well, if all the artists died, a lot of culture would it would take an impact, and people would be sad. But like, if we still have people running the machines and counting the numbers and making sure things are okay, but that would be the saddest world there ever was. Sad, but it'd be there. If you oh, take the like accountants away, if you take the like workers away, if you take the machines away, we're fucked. But with art, we would just be sad. We'd still be living. Hmm. Take water away, and it's like, what do you, what do you got? I think hmm. art is very important. I have a whole podcast like dedicated to exploring artists and like making sure that their work has an impact somewhere, and making sure that. Like, people are more attuned to what's happening in the city around them. But I don't think that it's necessary. Like, I don't hmm. think it's bread and butter. Well, I don't I don't know if it would be bread and butter in that sense, but it feels very necessary to me to have a complete world. It's like, you know, when you're applying to universities, you're, mm-hmm. you can't just get a full scholarship anymore by having a 4.0 GPA. Like you have to do after school activities. You have to be involved in honor societies. You have to be connected to different communities in your organization. Like you've got to do a little bit of everything. And I feel like art is what gives that little bit of everything to a lot of different communities. Um, yeah. And also is such a powerful reflection of our times too. It's like so many people are, we're, we're creating what's happening in the moment and we're, we're putting it into dance or, or paintings or, um, I mean, all kinds of things, songs and, and movies, and we're, we're making a reflection of what's happening in this moment. So if we didn't have any of that, then we would just move forward without any connection to what, I mean, and I guess maybe in a way still that could be argued that it's not necessary, but if that feels necessary to me, that it we need to be able to know what has happened in the past, and that's yeah. kind of how we hold that. I mean, there are definitely other ways to document it. Like, you don't need the arts to document the past. But I do agree with you, like, in that it's necessary for culture and it's necessary for meaning outside of survival. Like, we were talking earlier about it's fortunate that we live in a time where we have the ability to do what we want and to have joy in our jobs. That wasn't always the case. Some people think it's necessary, and they believe it's necessary for them to be an actor. So then they do the work that they believe is necessary of them to be an actor. And that's true. And and you can see people and follow their careers and see that if they did X, Y, and Z, and they stayed in the game, like, here they are. They found themselves here this many years later. This is necessary. That's necessary. Yes. But I think it's because of the many luxuries that we have in this day and age. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I definitely think, especially in New York, our mindset here is that we're, you know, we're 
taught to believe or the city draws people who already believe that they can achieve anything, mm -hmm. that whatever they set out to do, it's possible. Yeah. And you'll find a team and the resources and a space to make it all happen. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we are really lucky in that sense, especially in this city, but also in general with our, our generation. You know, our parents were, I know my parents were taught to get a job start a family, have money for your future children. And I like so sad to see my mom in a job. She enjoys the work that she does, but she really does not enjoy her working environment. And she's been working there for 35 years. And so here I am li living this life that I love and that I want to continue thriving in. And she's encouraging me to do that as mm -hmm. is my dad. And they're so excited for all of the opportunities that come my way. But then here she is like, every day coming home from work and feeling awful. Um, and it makes me so sad to see that she's spending so much of her time not feeling good, you know? And here I get to feel good all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, do you think that that, the, I don't want to say guilt, but just that it's almost like a weight of of looking back and looking at the people that, are kind of the reason that you're here doing what you're doing now. Like, do you think that that drives you to be good at what you do and to find joy in what you do? Definitely, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm really lucky that my family and my close friends and support system is very strong. And although nobody in my immediate circle at home at least really knows the arts very well or is an artist themselves, um, but they're very supportive of what I do. And I think for sure that having that support and also like with my parents and even some friends, seeing that they are in that like nine to five life, not that anything's wrong with that, but just that they're unhappy in that, that definitely drives me to understand like what it means to, to feel joy every day and to, um, you know, kind of un unlock our, our, potential in in feeling joy but also in doing work that we want to do and and making a path that feels right for ourselves mm -hmm. but but also feeling joy along that way yes yeah well when did you first come into uh contact when did you first discover the joy of dance um when i was very young actually i i actually have known and have been saying since I was 10 that I wanted to be a professional dancer which I think is kind of young probably to be like know what you want in life but that's just how I do my life <laughs> um but I I went through one small period of time um shortly after that maybe like 14 to 16 where I was dancing in this studio that ah, I just didn't really enjoy and was uh, because certain people you know, have private lessons there. They're going to get these parts. And it was just a little political. So during that time, I was like, yeah. I don't want to do this. Um, but shortly switched to a new studio. And that was really the only time in my life that I felt disconnected from the dancing world. And, yeah. Was it for like a two-year period? It was about two years. Yeah. I still used to... Were you to tempted by any other fruits out there? Any other arts? Any other... Or maybe you were like, forget arts altogether. Um, no. I mean, no. I was still going to dance. I just, I wanted to find a new space. Yeah. So I was, I was going, I was present. That's kind of a good litmus test is like, what's your, what's your reaction to doing the right thing in the wrong space? Is mm. it 
throwing in the towel or just, oh, no, I got to find a different community. I got to find a different building, whatever it is. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, that happens here all the time, right? It's like, yeah. you're not going to, it might not be the right fit the first time you try something for show or first audition or whatever. Um, you got to keep moving around if, if, if you want to do it. If you don't, that's okay too. But that's important to recognize in yourself then too. It's true. You know? So you, when you found the, n- the new place that mm-hmm. felt right, mm-hmm. where was that? Um, that was in Philly as well. And how old were you? Mm, then I was 16. When do dancers get like obsessively, you know, like with dancers, I always have this stereotypical idea in my head that they're counting calories, walking <laughs> light, trying not to like yeah. expend energy when they don't have to. Yeah, that is bad. It is a lifelong battle, and I certainly did not deal with that as bad as a lot of people very close to me, but the mental strain on caloric intake and what you need to look like is very strong and present in the dance world. At 16, was it? Oh, even younger, definitely. I, st- I started dancing um, in a very professional environment when I was 10. With It was a ballet school. I did a lot of my training in a ballet school. So that was present from this time. Um, and I, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm in a like, very big fan of eating well. Like, we need to eat and we need to eat well. Um, quality of food, I think, is really important. But that's, I mean, that's not what's looked at in, in dance settings. But it, it's changing a little bit, not so much in the ballet world still, but shifting in university setting and definitely in professional setting, mm-hmm. strong muscles. Right. It feels like it should be part of the curriculum. It is in some places. I definitely had, like, nutrition classes okay. when I was in ballet okay. school. Um, not as much in college, but in ballet school, we had, we had nutrition classes, but you, you know what? I will never forget this. One of my ballet instructors, this is what he told me one time for breakfast. You can eat a full breakfast by yourself. Lunch. You share your lunch with somebody else. What? Dinner time. You don't eat. And then you have this thing after dinner, which they call dinner, which you didn't eat. But then after the dinner that you didn't eat, you have this thing called ballerina tea. I have never drank this, and I really will never, this never will. Sketchy. It essentially just makes you go to the bathroom, like you know, out the side that isn't yeah. as comfortable. Wait, a lot. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. What is in it? Do you know? Some kind of diuretic. Oh man! Yeah, so that was his advice to me. And what are you like, pooping out if, if, if you're not eating dinner? You're sharing your lunch and good question. I can't answer that because I have never followed his rules or drank that tea. <laughs> um, but that was advice that I was given. This was the school I did not like to yeah, put okay, that out good, there. Yeah. But I was given yeah. this advice when I was—I must have been 13, Whoa. going on 14. It was that summer. Whoa! Yeah. So those are the kind of rules that are being taught to such young athletes. I mean, come on, dance is athletic. Dance is a sport in a lot of ways is the same way that. It's athletic. Oh, hell yeah. Period. I mean, we're rehearsing from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. often. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, people are experiencing, like, hip problems and oh, yeah. other issues, just like athletes that play intense sports years later. Like, dance Definitely. is a sport. Yeah. Or yeah, sports yeah. are a dance. Like, it doesn't really, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so we need to be eating 
<laughs> we need to be eating good quality food and work. I'm a big fan of cross training. I like to work out. I like to lift weights. I like to do yoga, hot yoga. I take ballet. I take yeah. jazz classes, like a big mix of it all. Do everything and anything. You also teach yoga, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how <laughs> I first met you. Yes. And then I was like, oh, and she dances. Yeah. She's not just one layer. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you like meet people and it's like really easy to categorize them as like just that one thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't do that with you, but <laughs> oh, I'm good. just saying it's just generally easy to do that. Like you, like earlier before we started the podcast, you were saying uh, you looked at me and then you looked at Julie and I saw a thought happen and then you said, <laughs> I just now thought about this. Like I've never seen you guys really in the same place. It's yeah. always one at a time. Yeah. It's just life is weird. And when you see people in a context, it's easy to just compartmentalize. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like in a dance, in the dance world, like I'll see people in class, yeah. but we're, you know, sweating or even in yoga too. Like we're sweating. We've got our hair up. You look one way and then you see someone in normal life on the street out of nowhere and you're like, whoa, hey, wait, I know you, but I didn't know you because yeah. you look so different than you looked before. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, and then it's almost like, well, I didn't know you. I don't know you maybe. Well, that's true too. Yeah. Like, yeah, could be. You could know, be. like the dancing version or the yoga version. Exactly. So it's interesting to connect outside of that world too. Yeah. Yeah. So I come from a kind of a different world in the arts is like, um, I guess acting would be my field that I come from. Maybe music, which is more related to dance. Maybe they're, I mean, I took some dance classes in acting. All I'd say, whatever. Um, both related. Both, yeah, both related yeah. for sure. But what I like about these fields, both of them, is that they kind of do demand more of you. Like if you're, st so what I'm saying is, if you're a dancer, like you, you kind of should be lifting weights. Like if you're an actor, you should be lifting weights. And then we can get into the annoying conversation of what's well, not your type, or as a as like a like a classical ballerina doesn't want to gain mass. Right. It's like, well, there are ways to modify that and do it the way you need it. But acting can also be athletic. Mm -hmm. And if you, if this is your job, you need to train your body, your meat machine <laughs> to do the things that you're going to ask of it. Yeah. And I know with dance, it's really, really um, intense. Mm -hmm. So finding yoga what is what was that like and like w did you find immediate parallels with yoga and dance or what what what's yeah. going on so i found yoga when i was in college um and a friend of mine from school had been taking hot yoga um she was doing the bikram classes hmm. and so she said i should start to come to class with her and so the bikram classes are 26 postures and two breathing exercises and every class is the same you do each posture twice you begin with a breathing exercise, which you do twice, and you end. Same exercise. Same exercise, same poses, the whole class. Is this the one at, like, early in the morning? That's my, my sore. Um, okay. But this, this can happen at any point in okay. the time, any point in the day. Um, so, yeah, so I found yoga in this practice. And in the very first class I ever took, the teacher called the practice a moving meditation and I was I'm like really connected to that Whoa. term yeah right off the bat and I was like yes this is what dance is We're, this is Whoa. dance is a moving meditation yeah. when you get into that state of flow right like that place where it's just it's bliss and it's no thought you're just in that 
present space where you're, it could, I mean, for me, often it is dance or yoga, like you're moving and you're breathing and, and you're just doing that. Um, but for other, it could, other people, it could be even like working on a car or whatever it is, that space of flow. So I connected immediately with this thought of moving, moving meditation. Um, and I like the Bikram practice. It's, I mean, it's a little controversial and what he's, he's done to the world of yoga, but the practice is, so? well, I'm not an expert, but, um, from what I understand, he's brought yoga, a lot of his material brought yoga to the West, but he also brought along with it competition and um, some m- mispractices toward women and um, just some shady business adventures. Bikram? Yes. Really? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. From what I understand. Um, what? Um, how did he make it a competition? Well, there is competitions. There's competition yoga? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> With the poses boy. of his practice. <laughs> We're all fucked, dude. <laughs> dude, this is not okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But the practice itself is Isn't very that, like, healing. like missing the whole point? Yeah. Mr. Bikram. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if, he was, if he's leaving a bad reputation, I can say his name like okay. that. But it's also not rude to say it like that. It just felt right to say it like that. <laughs> it's okay. You have another Indian man sitting in this room right we now. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Much nicer, right? Way nicer. And as far as having an impact on my life, has had a greater and much more positive impact on my life <laughs> than Bikram yoga. Dude, if you're out there and you're doing Bikram, you better stop because you know that people are coming for you after they listen to this podcast. <laughs> okay, just so like what about the job. women stuff? <laughs> <laughs> the women. Well, wait. Stuff. I, what I was gonna say, Michael. <laughs> I thought you said you weren't funny, dude. This is. I never not said I wasn't good. funny. I've been told I. I've been oh, told, told you. Udi told me I'm yeah, not yeah. funny. That's but as we know, he's rude. wrong, and I'm right about everything. So uh, that's anyway, the guy who has funny. a better impact on my life than <laughs> Bikram. So just to put that in to the context. <laughs> Oh my God! Wait, I'm going back now. We're yeah, yeah, go back. So, no, what I was gonna say about in. the practice is that it's very oh. healing and it yeah. is really disciplined. So, it reminded me a lot of ballet. Mm-hmm. You come in, you do the same thing. I mean, even in ballet, you're not doing the same exercises per se each time, but you're always gonna do a ballet bar, which is plies, tendus, maybe a second tendu, degage, rond de jambe, batmas. You yeah. pick maybe on there. Three of four, three or four of those, and actually just explain what those are. Sure, I yeah. know it's visual and it's not, it's kind of hard if you're not looking at a dancer doing it. But what it like a what is any of that? Okay, so um, <laughs> a plie, all I see is a bar. <laughs> okay, so with a bar, okay. you hold your hand on the bar, yes, okay, and so you'll do two sides. So you hold one hand on the bar, left hand first, then you turn towards your bar and you hold the right hand on the bar. Mm-hmm. So you do the same exercise on both sides, and so you often start with plies, which plie just means to bend. So you basically bend your knees and then you straighten your legs, and you have a demi plie, which is a half plie, you bend and straighten. And then you have a ground plie, which is all the way to the ground. So you lower your hips further towards your heels, and then you straighten your legs again. Do they touch, do your back, your glutes touch your heels, I guess? Almost. But you don't want to collapse your body weight down because you won't be engaging your muscles then. Yeah. So you want to hover. Have you heard of a Hindu squat? Yes. It sounds like that. Yes, it does. Yeah. Or um, like Malasana. 
yogi yep. squat. Yeah, similar. Sure. Yeah, similar sensation. Deep bend of the knees. And your feet are turned out a little bit. Turned out. Yep. Toes toward the corner, or if you have more facility, a little wider. Um, yeah, that's a plie. And then you usually do a porta bra inside of plies, which is you lean over and then you'll arch back. So the idea is that you're lengthening your torso and stretching your upper body and then opening your front body. So <laughs> yoga is all up in dance. Oh, yeah. Dance there's is all up in yoga. Oh, yeah. There's so many crossovers. It's really interesting. The only thing that's significantly different mm-hmm. that I find is that yoga is always parallel. Hip po- well, primarily. Much of yoga, you're aiming for parallel position in the pelvis. Dance is almost entirely turned out. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that was a really hard shift for me. I was is that like, why a lot of dancers' hips go? Oh, yeah, yeah. What's the most painful like experience you have with dance? Did you ever do point? Uh, oh, yeah. I was in, I was a ballerina, so I did point for Are your toes years. messed up? <laughs> They're not okay? as bad as some other people's, but yeah, I mean, I've had like bloody toes. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Was there ever a point where you took your shoes off and you're like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. Um, I mean, my feet did say that some days. Yeah, you use them to get everywhere. Yeah. So after dance, what do you do? Like that night? Well, the night that you ha- get bloody toes, <laughs> what do you do? Okay, so this is what you do to heal your feet. You Epsom salt baths are great. Already sounds terrible. Oh no, it's so good. You don't use Epsom salts. Well, with <laughs> bloody toes. Oh well, yeah, but then it dries it up, so you it, it's healing. Oh, and man. Epsom salts are a little more gentle than like sea salt. Sure. Although okay. those are like you want them to dry up. There you go. Are the, salt Epsom salt? Okay. I've even poured salt directly on blisters before which is painful. Highly don't recommend that to anybody, but it dries them up real quick if Whoa. you need your feet to be you okay the next them? day. Yeah, you pop them. You want me to get graphic? Yeah. Okay. You pop the blister. All the little liquidy pus comes out. Yeah. <laughs> then you have to take the skin off if you want to really dry it out, and then you pour salt, table salt. Right Goodness. Onto it. And it hurts. <laughs> it really hurts a lot. But you know what? The next day, like if you have a show or you need to put your point shoes back on, all good. It doesn't hurt? The next day, it, I mean, it'll feel sensitive, but then it's like anything. Once you're dancing and you're in that flow again, you forget about it until you like have to stop. And then you think about it again. Sure. <laughs> but Epsom salts are great. Also, I love Arnica. I love- What's Arnica? Oh, what? Yeah. Oh! Wait, hold on, pause. Did you, Were you the person that told Julie about- Castor oil. Oh, yes, I did. Dude, changed my life. Okay, but my acupuncturist told me about castor oil. She has changed my life. Okay, so castor oil is amazing. I want to hear about all your recovery methods. Oh, my gosh. All of them. All of them. How much time do you have? I have a lot of good I have time. (laughs) (laughs) We got time. Okay. All right, all my favorite things. Castor oil is amazing. My acupuncturist told me about this. Basically, you need to take a piece of cloth, flannel, or pure cotton. You pour castor oil all over it. Soak it up. And then you put the castor oil cloth on your injury, whatever it may be, tenderness and injury, whatever. Put it on there. Like muscular or skeletal? Like bone stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You put it on there. Wrap that cloth around whatever it is. Wrap a plastic bag, although I don't... Um, believe we should be using plastic bags much anymore. But you just put something around that it, it doesn't have to be plastic. Like we can do, well, let's put a the toitles. <laughs> Gotta <laughs> save the toitles. Oh yeah, we do. 
the little turtles. Yeah. Well, so let's say we're going to put a reusable pay, um, shopping bag around it because we can wash those. So Like a paper th- one? Oh, no. Oh, the reusables. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So you put that around it. Then you put a heating pad on top of okay. that. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And then you sit. And mm. you know what? I've done that after a couple of uh, intense jujitsu classes. Mm. Like if I do three in a row, I know that the next morning wow. I'm going to feel maybe 60 years older than I am. Oh, geez. So I just do it preemptively. And it feels, I don't know if this is just in my head, mm. but because I'm doing it before there's pain, because the whole thing is I don't want to experience pain, so I'm d- I do it before, but it feels loose. Like I take the castor oil and the heating pad off and it's just everything feels like loose in a good way yeah oh, like okay like i feel limber <laughs> and it feels hot and loose <laughs> <laughs> i wish people could have seen your little dancing whoop, move whoop. like one of those uh floating oh, men outside, yeah, of, the outside car the cars things. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i love those guys um i think i am those guys sometimes well yeah when you actually when i asked you to pick those three bar moves that you used to warm up you start you just like actions. pantomimed one <laughs> And I was like, oh, she's coming at me. Oh, no, she's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're talking with my hands. It's crazy. It feels like th- there's a switch hmm. in dancers where they can go from just being a person to whoa, <laughs> like just flowing in space. And I'm yes. like, whoa, I wish I could move like that. I'm sure you can, actually, with jiu-jitsu. I'd be curious. We should go to a dance class sometime. I think that you would probably be able to hold your own thanks yeah. i'll tell you this since doing jujitsu i have felt i felt like since doing doing jujitsu i didn't know how to walk before whoa like, like, that's oh, major this is oh this is what it feels like to have activated hips like mm. hips that are there with you in taking you the next step wow and um it's just like my balance like i feel rooted mm. In a weird way. The Japanese are, are really on to something when it comes to like everything? your connection to, well, everything <laughs> <laughs> and your connection to the ground, which they mm. th- say is everything. Yeah. Like, well, it's like when you, sorry, go ahead. No, go, you go. When you travel places, yeah. you know, they say that grounding exercise, I don't know if you do this. I, I do do this, um, but you're supposed to, when you travel to a new place, take your shoes off as quickly as you can and place your bare feet on earth. What? And that literally grounds you into your new space whenever Whoa. you travel. Conspiracy theory 101. Yeah, but really, like, really... I'm getting that. Deeply Actually, connected. That's getting me all, like, tingly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and okay. because you know you receive from the soles of your yeah. feet. So yeah, it's yeah. like one of the biggest receiving points in, in our bodies. That's, uh, you know, the Japanese, they said, I took a Suzuki workshop, which is which was a Not movement. A uh, <laughs> 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 well, in some of the positions and stuff, it kind of felt like I was moving like a clunky prototype, <laughs> but not Suzuki, the car, although also another Japanese company, right? Mm. Suzuki? Mm. Japanese. Cars are not my specialty. I know nothing. I barely even know how to drive a car. Company. Yeah, Japanese company. Um, Good to but, know. Um, so they had, so it was a movement workshop uh, mm. designed for actors and you had to be barefoot and we did all these weird things. Like if these are my feet, um, I'm sliding them up and bringing them up at a 90 and then stomping them down, Ooh. But like, traveling distances like that yeah. and you're counting in Japanese. I don't, I Can you don't, count in Japanese? I don't remember them. What? Yeah. Well, these are the things you learn and keep. 
yes. <laughs> if I had known that at the time, <laughs> I would not have done some things that I did before those movement workshops. Oh, okay. I was in a good mind state for the movement of it, but for the recollection of like new terms and new languages, I wasn't quite there. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but it was very, very helpful and very it was mainly just interesting because I had never thought of my connection to the ground, but they taught us some weird ninja stuff mm, where it was like, I want to learn that. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's like, uh, we did a lot with visualization mm. and, um, a lot of it felt like you weren't doing anything, like you weren't changing anything, but your mind focus yes. and all of a sudden your body would unlock in ways that you, you honestly, if I can show you after the podcast, okay, but there, this was one example. The teacher, one of the two teachers, because they travel the the nation in a in a pair. They studied under Suzuki himself, mm. and so they're like the descendants of him, trying to spread his gospel, if you will. He believed that because you bury your descendants and your the deceased in not your descendants, your uh, predecessors, right, mm. right, uh. predecessors. Pre before you the people who died before you yeah yeah predecessors yeah, yeah sure whatever you bury them <laughs> I mean that's it's with all respect whatever <laughs> you bury them in the ground so there's that power of your past like everything that ever was mm. all the people who in loved you and hated you everything yeah in the earth and they become the earth and then an apple tree grows from that and mm-hmm. you eat that apple and it is you like it's all a cycle you get all the earth's history and the power from the ground mm-hmm. so each layer that separates your foot from the ground is just that much more of a degree of separation from that power that's just right there oh yeah and it and they were teaching us things that were helping us with things as simple as lifting bags like mm-hmm. grocery bags like shopping bags to making an entrance and an exit or how this affects our speech. So there were like voices would drop. Like Ooh. people would take up more space with their voice. Yeah. With the same amount of effort. It was a mind switch. So one of the things he did is he asked for a volunteer to come up and hold the wall. Like put your hand on the wall and he what he was going to do is walk up perpendicular to your arm and try to push it off its spot on the wall. And he picked me to do it. And so I went up there and I was like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I rock climbed. Like, <laughs> I got this. There's a wall, dude. <laughs> and he was like kind of old. Mm-hmm. He moved real, real well. Lots of mobility. <laughs> like mobility that I'm aspiring to to this day. But he just, with one arm, with one old arm. He just pushed you out of the way. <laughs> just like pushed my arm out of the way. I was like, Tapped whoops. you out of the way. <laughs> I was like, guess I didn't get the gig. But... <laughs> But then he, he taught us a truer, a deeper connection, hmm. which is imagining that the strength and the power is this beam of light that's coming from the ground up through the soles of your feet, through your body, through your arm, and mm. into the wall, and it disperses. It's like pff, into the wall. Wow. And when I made that switch in my mind, he leaned all of his body weight and was like shoving his body weight on my arm. And it was and he didn't push you. dirty. Wow. Dirty. Okay. Conspiracy theory 101, but yes. it's real. It was real. Wow. And um and then he would get into like he would do more mental aspects of that that same sentiment of like if you're in a scene and you're struggling to stay present, find one thing that's interesting in a person and hmm. and just hold on to that and that'll ground you. 
right? Mm. And then just keep going from there. But all that to say, the Japanese, with their connection to the ground, is they were truly, truly onto something. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, hey, like, even you're not, it's, you're not from the city either. So no. when you go home, don't you just take your shoes off? Like, it feels so good to walk in my parents' backyard in the grass. And as long as I don't step in my dog's poop. But besides yeah. that. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of poop in this city, too. Oh. A lot of poop oh Upper West God, Side. Oh, my disgusting. Oh, I was going to say this, is mm. that... I am actually one of those weirdos at other people's house and my house where I feel most comfortable with shoes on. Really? Yes. Okay, since jujitsu is changed, but also since meeting you, it's also like changed shoes. because this is something that you've changed in my day daily act like daily routine that you're not even aware of. Huh? Tell me. I went to a um, hypo my. What's this? What's this thing called? Hypermyascus, uh, not the myascus, the the little balls, myasia, acacia plant. I the acai balls, the acai balls, acai balls. No, that yes, that's the joke I was making. But what are the the rolling yourself like rolling, rolling myofascial myofascial release tennis balls? I didn't want to say something and sound too pervy. Myofascial (laughs) sounds kind of pervy, doesn't it? No, it just essentially means muscular fascia release. Word. Yeah, I could tell you about that. Right. So (laughs) I've been um I've been rolling a lot more. And trying to do it properly, <laughs> like because when I first started, it was a huge learning curve. I was like basically bruising all my tendons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I went to a workshop, and then you did. Where? Well, I went to a workshop. It was with the Y Seven Lab. What? Yeah, it was like with not this, mine. No, it was with the um with the um co- this weird collective. <laughs> It wasn't oh, at the lab. There's confusion. <laughs> what, 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 what was it? Julie's keeping us in check. The, it was the Sweat Collective. Oh, I don't okay. even actually know if it was through Y7, but it was the Sweat Collective, <laughs> and we did this thing, and it was like just kind of teaching us basics. And I of was like, fascia release. Yeah, yeah. And I was oh, like, with tennis is, balls. With with um, a whole set of different balls. Interesting. Okay. And, ro- and rolling things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is exactly interesting. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to hold on to it for now because I don't care. I wasn't oh. into anything at that point. You're an athlete. You need to be into that. I am now. Yeah. And so I'm doing it now. And it's so basically it forces me to have my shoes off less. So mm. I'm getting more comfortable. Like I'm walking for the first time. Yes. I had this ankle injury from high school and I did PT for it and then didn't and then but since doing this stuff and doing jujitsu and like doing things that are really challenging my balance mm. it's been really really helpful. So because of you I wear shoes in my house less and I roll my feet every morning. Wow. You and the guest I had on right before you. What? Asher. Dang. Asher Payne because he he him. got me on the rolling too. Rolling's amazing. I'm a big fan of rolling. It's a dance practice that I've known since I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even in college, we used to have like tennis ball classes, and I'm a big fan of foam rolling as well. But the balls are nice because it can be more targeted. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd run a couple of of myofascial release classes, um, not on the regular, but I've skirt. Yeah, um, and your wife has been to one. And she went. Told me about it, and then I started doing it. Yeah, like regularly. It's a really important recovery practice. 
So can you walk me through like some good um, principles? Because yeah, a couple things you mm-hmm. you keep saying tennis ball. Yeah. Do you prefer using tennis balls? Uh, so no, actually, tennis balls are nice for beginners to fascia release, um, and because they're they're very cheap and they're very easy to just have in a bag. They're convenient in that way, but for me, they're not strong enough. So I need either oh. a lacrosse ball. I prefer lacrosse ball to softballs, although a lot of dancers use softballs. Um, but I prefer lacrosse ball because it's a little smaller and more targeted. And then I love foam rolling. I'm a big fan of foam rolling. Okay. Yeah. Give me a couple of things that I should, if you're a listener and you are dabbling and rolling stuff, mm-hmm. what, what are some things to keep in mind? What are some good things to do? Okay. You can even just talk to me because I want to know. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. the big points with rolling, um, is that you want to apply enough pressure, enough pressure that you are releasing but you don't want to apply so much pressure that you're confusing your muscles and thinking you're you're putting your body into harm. Hmm. So you don't want that nervous system to go into attack and protection mode and, and contract. So you have to find that sweet spot in between there. Enough pressure to release, but not so much so that your body actually has the opposite reaction. Um, so it takes a little figuring out, and definitely yeah. I've like gone one way or the other and like bruised myself and that yeah. happens. Um, but you figure it out and that's how like tennis balls could be better for some people than others or lacrosse balls for certain muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would say would be the big key on that one. Um, my favorite spots to roll in the body are the it band outer edge of the leg from the hip. Up. Why is that so important? I hear so much about it band yet. Yeah iliotibial so it is a big stabilizer um but it gets very very tight especially in this city when we're walking on concrete Mm. so much um and everywhere and everywhere yeah but it gets really really tight and it's not targeted a lot because in um classic i would say fitness classes or just anything like we stretch the quads, we stretch the glutes, we stretch the hamstrings. It's not often that you open up the sides of your thighs. Mm. So that rolling on the outer edges of the thigh is really, really important. Um, so that's a big spot. IT band. I also think the glutes are really important. Um, I'm going to make notes. I'm not. Yeah, no, go for it. So IT bands, I mean, everything's important, but IT bands, glutes, Super important. Um, and then the shoulder blades and the scapula. I like to put a ball against a wall. And, you know, like it gets a little awkward. You got to like squat in a weird way. But you just want to roll the ball like in the shape of a C around each of your shoulder blades. And then I like to do it along the neck to the outer edge of the neck down to the point on the outer point on the shoulder. There. Also using the wall? Yeah, I like to do all that against a wall. Okay. Um, and then a secret spot in the body that I also feel like isn't targeted much that is a favorite of mine to roll out is the front of your shin bone. So not on the shin bone, but the anterior tibialis muscle. Anterior, the outside. The outer part of the shin bone. I rolled that right before we started recording. What? No way. Uda saw me. He saw me do that. You saw me do that. Oh. He saw me do that. Okay. So that's like one of my favorite spots to roll. That one is like super tight on me. It feels like inappropriately good <laughs> like where i'm like should i go to the bathroom to roll this spot because it's just like well ooh. 
funny thing you say that. Oh, no. Because oh, no. that line of the body <laughs> yeah. right in the front of the, the, on the right, or the right or the left of the, sh- so the, f- you know what I'm saying. The front part of the lower leg. The front leg. part of the lower leg, but on the outside. On the outside of the shin bone. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. So that is a part of your stomach meridian. I'm sorry. That's part of your stomach meridian. What is so, stomach meridian? Uh, again, this is not a topic of expertise sure, for sure. me, but I'll Just basics. brief in what I hear from my acupuncturist. Okay. Um, so the body holds many different meridian lines, which are essentially different lines of energy that meridian run lines. through the body. Yes. Meridian lines. Yes. That this, this the chart, meridian. the meridian lines yes. of the yeah yeah yeah. This was the geographical thing that I was talking about earlier. Oh. Oh my it gosh, so we have in these it. in our body yeah, as well. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. Cool, and so acupuncture utilizes these lines a lot because, okay, so this line, for example, runs from your skull. It's one of the largest lines. It runs from your skull, down your chest, into your stomach, outerish part of the thigh, I believe, and then down this front part of the, the leg, the lower leg, and into the second toe, roughly. Yeah. And... Um, Point different points on this line are associated to different organs in the stomach, but that is the major stomach line. So to have that sensation you just said when you're rolling out that muscle yeah. is totally makes sense. Really you're spot on. Yeah, it's that like oh, I just felt like my digestion relaxed. Could maybe go to the bathroom kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at it, like I've had some <clears throat> some intimate experiences after rolling. Oh, well, yeah, and that makes sense, too. But I always, like, when I do roll, tell me if this is kind of wrong or or on. I start from the bottom and then work up. That's what I like to do, too. Okay, Unless yeah. I'm targeting an injury, but I, I always do right. that. In my workshops, that's what I do as well, start from the bottom and work right. up to the top. But, yeah, and then yeah. that top one in the base of your skull, like in the occipitals, oh, oh that's, like, a high, a feeling of Whoa. high. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. It's, like... I'll, I'll just like get the I'll get the roller that um it's it's kind of like a bread roller. Oh yeah, and I'll, those are I'll good. put a responsible, uh, you know, <laughs> am- amount of weight back on it. Mm. Like I'm not pushing on it. Like I'm trying to break the roller, but I'm just like I'll relax into it, yeah. release into it, and then just kind of let gravity do it. Like roll it up and down, and it's you. F- it's tingly. It's like a little cool fire back there. Yeah. It's so good. And if you have a ball, like the tennis ball, you put it right in the base of the skull, and then it's just, it's euphoric. So these are all tools that you have been using and you've discovered through what you do. So even Mm -hmm. though this is not your expertise, thanks for talking about that stuff. Yeah. But I I also do really want to know what you have been doing in your fields of expertise since being in the city. Oh, like doing in life? Like doing in life, like with dance, doing in life oh, with yeah. yoga, or anything that informs that. Yeah. Wait, in terms of recovery? In terms of, no, in terms of like doing it. Oh, okay. Like yeah. switching gears totally. Okay. But like anything that, like if you want to keep talking about recovery and how that's informed what you do, that's fine. But recovery, we can bookmark. Yeah. Because you can, we don't I, I, I see you enough and we can talk more because yeah. I want to know more. But like, since being here in your fields of expertise, which is not recovery, <laughs> what are you up to? Yeah, what am I up to? So, I mean, that's the cool thing. I feel like I had this recent um, thought that 
I feel so lucky right now that I'm like doing a lot. Like every, every time I have a show, there's already another show happening or like there's another workshop happening or currently I'm planning to lead a yoga retreat in September. So that's a big thing for me. But like every time I'm doing one thing, there's always something else happening. And I feel really lucky and grateful to have finally feel that, that freedom inside of constant work, which is something that did not come quickly to me here. Hmm. Um, truly, I think the whole first year I lived in New York, I did not get a single like audition job. Um, partly due to filling up my space with other work and partly just, I don't know, was not resonating. Something wasn't clicking. Um, but now I'm in this really lovely flow and I'm dancing with a handful of different companies, some more full-time than others, some are project-based, um, but dancing with a nice little mixture of companies and styles um, and also doing some of my own stuff, which is cool and working with friends and making things and um, performing, which is fun. Um, so I'm doing that. But I'm, in terms of dance, for sure, I'm always looking for new stuff, which is is great. Like I'm, I always feel happy to be doing what I'm doing, and, and always like looking for more and new opportunities. Um, so it feels good to like be in that space of seeking, but also have things happening as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, are, <coughs> yeah. what are these? Like with with acting, I like to just kind of use that as a launching off point for me because it's 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 helpful for me to like not compare, but to be like if it, if this is the way that I do it or see it in acting, how does that translate? Yeah. But so with acting, we tell stories. <clears throat> you tell stories with dance as well, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like. <clears throat> I'm I'm tell- literally telling you a different story with each project that I'm doing. Mm. Now I happen to follow you on Instagram, and I do <laughs> see I can I can confirm that you are busy with a lot of dance. Yeah, and with a lot of different types of it. But to me, it's like dancing is dancing. So what what are what function like what are you doing with with it? You know what I mean? Like these like. What events are you playing for? What, who commissions you? Or if you're working with friends, like, is it a group of dancers? Like, let's just make a piece using this, or let's make a piece leading with this part of our body. Like, what yeah. drives a dancer? Yeah. So those so are really great questions. Um, so I've got a handful of everything you just said, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the companies I work for, um, so like the one all year full-time company that I'm with. Um, we, I've been dancing with them for, I guess like almost five years now. Um, and we're essentially working all year round, which is really exciting. Um, and every so often we have shows that pop up pretty much. We'll do a New York season once a year. Um, so the past few years we've done that at New York live arts this year, we just closed our season a few weeks back at Brooke performing arts center. Um, and we have some shows coming up, NYU, end of May, performing with a cool program called Move NYC, beginning of June. We've got like a show next weekend in New Jersey. Um, and that company also does a fair amount of touring. So we've done like Houston, um, Baltimore. This year we did Memphis and Atlanta, possibly California this summer. So a variety of different things. So 
like the company is is running these different performances all year round but we're we like kind of host our New York season and then other hmm. festivals and companies will invite us to perform at other shows and tours and things. Um, and then some other companies I work for are more project based. So um, like I just closed a show a few weeks ago um, that we have been working on for quite a while, but it was for a specific show this whole time. So I've been working with her about a year. Um, and the whole time we were working, it was for this one show. Um, whereas like some other companies, we work on rep pieces and their different pieces are kind of performed at different shows. Um, so this company is like works on a particular project. Now we're taking a little break and then hopefully we'll come back with either that same project or a new project. Um, and so some companies work in that way. And then in terms of just like making things like currently I'm working with a friend to create a duet. And in the moment we're just kind of creating, which mm -hmm. is really lovely and low pressure. And I think we both are just looking for a space to be free and make something that feels <clears throat> good without pressure of performing it anywhere yeah. or submitting it to anything. Yeah. Um, but the hope too is that like once we get a duet that feels solid and, and, um, to our liking, we will be able to submit it to festivals and perform yep. and get some feedback <clears throat> on that. One thing um, that yeah. you're, that's, a, that's cool. Thanks for answering that. But one thing about your Instagram and a lot of other dancers that I follow that strikes me as being so freaking cool <laughs> is that you can do it anywhere. Yeah. Like you can lit, like not just do it in re like I'm doing air quotes and rehearse it. Like you meet up with your acting buddies to go over like a scene. Like, no, 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 you can dance in a room by yourself. Mm. Like when you and your friend meet, you guys can like write and do it mm. and like work things out. And you're dancing, just dancing there. So and like practicing monologues is oh, very boring. Interesting. Well, so it's funny you say that because when I was little, I used to do pageants, um, which is not a fact I tell most people, and I'm surprised <laughs> I not just said it out loud in this moment. To many people. <laughs> Shit. At once. Um, no, but it was a scholastic pageant system, and so based on merit as much as everything hmm. else, whatever hmm. – Okay, point of the story is that you, we would do a talent. Um, talent was optional, but I would always compete in talent competition because I'm a dancer and always had a talent. And when I was in pageants, I always used to be so jealous of the singers. First of all, because as I've already said, I'm not a good singer. Second of all, though, because I was like, singers are so cool. You can just do it anywhere. Yeah. Whereas with dance, like we have to warm up. We usually have to have a costume. Sometimes you need the right kind of flooring, like it's not fun to dance on concrete. Like I do it. I've done it happens, but it's not fun. Um, you've so danced on you just concrete. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like grass is always going to be a little greener. Yeah. Cause when I was studying how to sing, how to be a vocalist, mm. I was like, man, like I had just kind of found cigarettes <laughs> and was Ew. like rebelling. Disgusting. This was a while ago. Okay. Okay. So Judgment I didn't have. Lessened. Yeah. <laughs> this was way before I was doing any fascial myashals. Okay. So. Now it I've, sounds creepy. Fascial myashals. <laughs> um, but I looked at actors and I was like, man, I want to be an actor so I can do whatever I want, <laughs> like with my body and my time. And now I'm like, oh, I kind of, singers kind of look, 
it kind of looks nice to be a singer, actually. Although it really doesn't because I see them warm up and the things that they can't do, or I can see them like holding back their laugh a little bit because they don't want to laugh too hard. Mm. I'm like, never mind. <laughs> but it is kind of funny how you just like you look over there and you're like, oh man, they got it so lucky. Yep. And then all those singers are looking at the way you move and like, and they're probably like, want to do that. Yeah. Although I think we just realized that singers, that's where it's at. What? Well, I said that I wanted to be a singer. And you also just said, well, you are a singer. But oh, yeah. in terms of being able to sing anywhere, I think you just <laughs> said the same thing, too. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But, you know, man, the arts are cool. <laughs> the arts are very, very cool. I agree. And we don't have to go back on the necessity talk, but just think for one Let's. hot second about how sad life would be without any kind of art at all. Definitely. Definitely. So I'm not going to argue that. In the terms of like a soul, it has to be a necessity for souls, right? Not just bread and butter, black and white. It's like all that gray matter. Like we, and we need that. It's, it's unrealistic to have a black and white world. We need a soul. What is a body without a soul? What is like skin without the meat inside of it. Yeah. Like you just said, like that meat machine, you know? Or like, yeah. But I mean, the more we look at dolphins, the more we realize that they, they could very well have souls. Yeah. Cause they definitely have consciousness, whatever it is that makes them aware. Like, yeah, they have language. They can speak to each other. Like uh, there was this crazy scientist, John Lilly, in the 70s, who devoted 30 years of his life to communicating with dolphins, and he had a team where they built this apartment with a dolphin, and half of it was in water, and half of it was livable just for humans, and they had this nurse who lived with a dolphin for, like, a couple of years, and would do things with it, talk with it, tuck it in, like, all <laughs> this, like, wash dishes and stuff, like, Ooh. live with the dolphin. Dolphins are very smart, they're very complex, and they feel things. So it's mm -hmm. like, okay, we are also animals. Mm -hmm. we, have a, we have souls, or at least we have the ability to articulate that we think we have souls. We have souls. We have souls, sure. Mm -hmm. And if not, we have the belief that we do, which is powerful in and of itself. Mm. So I'm assuming that there's probably, if not dolphins, there's probably other animals that think that. They're not dancing and making theater and making movies, and they're fine. Like, you know, so yes, for our souls, it's, I see what you're saying, and I agree with you because I'm also an artist. It's necessary. A lot of what I do is trying to find the necessity in what I do, and I think that's what keeps me creating personally. But, but I'm also, I like, part of me likes to do this to explore art and artists because of the fact that it's not necessary and we live in such a hard world that to do this seems counterproductive it seems counterintuitive it's like mm. if all this is already going against you why would you then choose to like create and in, in like you know if everything i'm not saying this about the world because like if everything's necessary. dark what because, because it's necessary it's like that deep innate need to do this or to find what is necessary i think art allows you to explore pockets and exp like even pockets of your own brain that, yes i agree with you know that. so it's like art gives you it gives you the stage to find what's important i don't know if what's necessarily happening is what's important 
But I don't know because I don't know if it's finding what's important, but creating and the act of doing the art is what's important. It's not feeding anyone. It's feeding me. Yes, but I mean, like, it's not, it's not giving people sustenance. It's not like, um, it's not providing something that's of absolute necessity. That without it, like, Ugh, we would just be so our brains dull. would turn off. Yeah, we'd be dull. But I It'd think be that boring. they would. When you, you know, there's so many studies on how children who study arts, whether it be a movement art or a musical art or a um, visual art, the act of studying and creating this art trains our brains to learn better. It's this is kind of a hard conversation to have because we are who we are in part because we choose to do things that aren't necessary. You know, so we've we've kind of created a world. I don't like this. We've word. created a world in which what we do is necessary because we've made it necessary. Mm. That's all I have to say. Look, there are animals out there that are living that don't have like theater companies and they're fine. There, there are squirrels out there that can go Sunday to Sunday, weeks at a time, without a single podcast but they're episode, not and they're, they're fine. just going along. Some squirrels are thriving. Nah, they're yeah. not thriving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you're looking, you're looking down at them, thinking you're not thriving, you're not dancing, telling all these stories. But they're looking at you like you don't know where my tree is with all those nuts and I am ready for winter. What do you have? They're just Bloody running around New York like, No, they're just running around New York looking at me like, let me get that food. Oh, then they run to the next person and they're like, give me that soda. And they're just like scavenging. You're not wrong. and But here's the thing is, I don't know if you're necessarily right about the art being a necessity thing. I don't like to be told I'm not right. <laughs> I didn't say you're not right. I said you may not be right. I may not be right. I could be. I'll go one step further. I could be wrong. Whoa. Okay, the thing is I just, this is a thought I've literally never had in my lifetime, a world without art. I've truly never thought of that. Yeah. Ever. It just doesn't sound. That's not even what I'm trying to pose. I'm not trying to, I'm not even asking you to try to envision a world without art. I'm just asking you if you think. if it's not necessary, then it's a world without art. No, I'm just saying if it's not necessary, it's not necessary. Like, I just don't think it's necessary. Now, if I'm trying to imagine a world without art, I don't really see a world. I don't see, like, okay. people thriving. Right. I, I personally don't. But I don't think what we do is necessary. Because I see jobs that, that like, day in, day out, people are doing that are necessary. Mm. They're necessary. I don't know. I think you should talk to somebody who's not an artist about this. Because... I know multiple people who just feel like their non-artistic jobs are not necessary and who are just like I talked to an along. accountant. He was my um, second second guest on the on the podcast. And he was talking about how he picked when he moved to the states, he moved for school and he picked a major that he picked <clears throat> because of how necessary he found it to be. Like how practical but like whose is this? terms of necessary then? So like his, definitely his, and where he grew up, and like the culture definitely had an impact on that. But let me let me say, so he he chose to study accounting, mm. 
CPA. He's a CPA instead Mm -hmm. of what he wanted to do, which or not wanted to do, but what he had interest in doing, which was singing Mm -hmm. opera or singing on Broadway. And like, I know of a lot of people who have moved here to sing on Broadway and they've poured a lot of time into it and they're not doing that. I know a lot of people that moved to the city to be artists and and now they're homeless, you know, and they don't recognize, not a lot of people, I know of one person, let's mm-hmm. say, but a lot of people that are maybe on that trajectory, right? But like he slipped far into it, but at one point he was going to school with me brilliant brilliant tap dancer and now he's homeless he doesn't mm. recognize me when i say hi to him Whoa. so well, but that's not the case for my cpa friend in fact he's had a steady job ever since like okay but then here's quality of life in that situation yeah. right um yeah uh, well i'm i'm sorry to hear about your friend that's doesn't sound like a that's not a good story. It's not a good story, uh, but it's like I don't even know if he's cognizant, if he's yeah. aware of what's going on. Well, I will say too, though. Yeah. Um, you know, when you come to a city like New York, you might have this thought of like, okay, I'm going to dance with this one company, I'm going to sing on Broadway in this one musical, mm-hmm. and I do think having goals like that are really um, useful, especially when you first move to a, com- uh, a city because it gives you some direction. Like, okay, yeah, where do yeah. I start? Is gives like you a compass. Yeah, how to get into that company or yes. how to get into that Broadway show. Yes. But that's not the that's not the life of an artist in New York. The mm. life of mm-hmm. an artist in New York is working. Yes, and that means sometimes we are performing in off Broadway shows or dancing with smaller companies than we thought we were going to be working with. Um, and I do think that people who are on that one track mind, which is almost then like anti-artistic and like, and like we're, we're taught to think creatively and when there's not a solution, you, you, it doesn't matter. Like you figure out a new solution. So when we're in that like one track goal for your career, you, you lose all these other opportunities that come your way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think this is something that I didn't know growing up. Like I didn't understand this until kind of recently that like I I am doing it in a way, you know, and it feels weird to say that, but I feel proud of the fact that I'm in a way. Yeah, like living You're doing No, you're doing it. Yeah. That's the point of this podcast <laughs> is that you are doing it. Like you are doing that. I see that. Yeah, but I think like when I was younger, I thought like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move to yeah, New York yes. and I'm gonna dance with this one company. Sure. And that's that, but that's not it. That's not how being a dancer in New York works. Like it might be for some people, for a very small right? few people, for sure. Yeah. Um, but what I have found, and I don't know if it's the same in acting or in um, singing or whatever, is that oftentimes to get to that place with that one company, you have to give up like years and years of other opportunities. And for me, that wasn't okay. I'm like, I want to work with everybody yeah. who's coming yeah. my way. Like, yeah. if you wanted me and you're providing me an opportunity, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for that because sure. I. That's I mean, that's my nature though, is to like take what comes and just try anything. Um, but. But yeah, I think that's like that's it. That's doing it is not that one pointed focus. It's well, yeah. I mean, it's. I I think that a lot of people are doing it, and yeah. the reason that they think that they're not or they're still trying to do it is because they're comparing themselves. Ugh. 
fucking comparison. Media. Like, who cares what the numbers are? Mm-hmm. Some this happens this way for some people. Doesn't matter if it's two. Doesn't matter if it's two million. This happens this way for other people. Doesn't matter if it's ninety percent or if it's nine percent. Like, it's just this is the way it's happening. Like a lot of the th- what I've gained from martial arts in the short time that I've been studying it is like it's you're on your own path. You're on your own path, and like that hasn't hit home until starting to do this. Because mm. when you start to compare, it doesn't matter. Mm-mm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because they're a blue belt. They just are. You know that that belt was given to them. If you have a problem with it, then maybe you go. Ask them what the deal is, and then they'll smash you in the ground. Like, or not. But it doesn't matter because, like, you have what you have. Like, you're doing what you're doing. So, like, I just want a a lot of me asking you, like, in what ways do you see art as being necessary? Or, like, what what do you do as a dancer? Like, how do you, you know, what what do your gigs look like? It's, like, me trying to let people know some anyone out there if they're listening and thinking like that art is necessary that art (laughs) if they're thinking that art is necessary it's not so go get a real major no but But seriously do art but also do art necessary for your soul yeah and if you look if you're gonna major in art (laughs) field definitely also go get a different minor like when you said that you got a minor i was like whoa that's what every artist we should do that oh yeah but like don't close yourself off well yeah, yeah. We can talk about that. Another we day. can talk about that. But all I'm saying is if you're out there and you're like, man, I wish I was doing it. First of all, don't probably just, doing it. you're probably doing it. Just spend less time on Instagram. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a death trap. Also, something I've been thinking about for the past couple of minutes <clears throat> is that if mm-hmm. anyone were listening to this podcast and playing it as a drinking game for every time one of us said the word necessary, they'd be pretty drunk by now. Oh, <laughs> we might. That we should might, do that. It might we be should listen necessary to it. That might be a necessary that. game for this. It might be necessary, necessary for when we make podcast. the. Um, <laughs> These are the thoughts I'm having as we talk about art being necessary in the world. I'm so sorry, Michael. This is totally <laughs> unnecessary, but I'm going to finish it with saying we might actually put that in the uh, oh, le- you should. in the episode description. Please do. Like, hey, want to play a fun game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and then... And then at the end of the episode, everyone would, would feel free enough to like... Go do whatever go they do want. Go do whatever Stand they want. Go dance. Or sing. Or sing. And that's the goal. Do whatever the hell you want. Let if it do... makes you happy, fucking do it. Okay. I'm going to do, two, we're going to do two things. It's okay. It's really fucking okay. And sometimes <laughs> it's fucking necessary. Um, we're going to do two things. And then my end of the thing is kind of done. And then you can just, we can just keep chilling. We can end the episode. You can say whatever you want. I'd love to have you back on if you're interested. So don't oh, feel yeah. pressure to get everything out. So you're doing it. We've established that you're doing it. <laughs> and if you're out there listening, you're doing it too. <laughs> you may not be, and you may need to get some work in. All that to say, in however many years, you know, if you get to a point in your life where you're still doing what you're doing with joy, mm. but you're no longer... Like, we always want to be setting goals for ourselves because I think it's just good. Like, you're saying with your dance, you're busy right now. When one project closes, you're on to the next. And as a creative, I think that that's a really good space to be in because I kind of act like a machine gun where if I'm pointed in the right direction, 
But if not, my energy is scattered and mm. I can get, I can start to drown really easily. So when I have things lined up for me, like a workout or a yoga sequence, if my, my mind, my consciousness is like taken over for a while, like I'm not making choices. I just follow direction. Hmm. I'm actually pretty good. I can actually get some good work done. So let's say you're in that spot. However many years from now, whatever, and you're looking back on tonight thinking, huh, huh, if I only would have known <laughs> that all that was necessary to be where I am now, what would you, what would that look like? What are you doing? Like, what am I doing at that time? Yeah. <gasps> or what do you want to do? What do I want to do? Well. And it's not set in stone. Because, <laughs> you, you know, your dream changed from when you were a 10-year-old. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so, well, to put dance off to the side for just a second, because okay. I want to continue performing for as long as I can. Um, oh. Although, like I was just saying, I think I've come to the realization recently that, like, I'm like the more I'm performing, like I'm in it, I'm, I'm performing and there's, there's more to do and there's more I can find and there's new stuff to come along, but like it's happening and, and we're going with that. Um, so I hope that continues for as long as it can. And as long as my body can sustain that work. Um, but a new little project I'm kind of working on. It's a lot. Yeah. It's simple, but it's a lot like that's a great answer. Mm. Well, I was going to act. I feel like this was going to be my answer. Can I say something else? Good, please. Oh, okay. And we're done. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> bye. <laughs> what, um, what were you going to say? Yeah. So this new project I'm working on, um, so I'm leading uh, my first yoga retreat this year, which I'm really excited for, um, but I'm calling it a yoga and happy living retreat. And so I've been like on this little discovery path for a while, um, just on how how can we feel joy every day. I think that's become really important in my own life and I want other people to feel that. And I think back to like what we were talking about before with my mom um, and just I see she doesn't feel joy every day and that mm. makes me really sad. Um, and I think that, you know, not, not every day is easy and some days will be harder than others, but I really feel like it's important that we build that human resilience and figure out how to be okay and how to, to find something good, even if shit is like hitting the fan. Um, so in addition to, um, leading just yoga in this retreat, I've recently started very recently, but have been, had this in the works for a while, um, this positive psychology online certification program. And so, as I mentioned, I studied psychology in university and I hated it. <laughs> hmm. Um, I'm prior to entering university, have always been just very interested in why humans act the way we act and what's our greatest possibilities and how can we become better versions of ourselves. And I've always been interested in that and have always taken on various leadership roles in different organizations I've been a part of to, I think, kind of figure out that answer. But when I was studying psychology in university, I found that it was just everyone was sick. There was always, like, what's wrong? It was focused on what's wrong, what's the illness you have, how, how can we minimize that illness but with medicine or with taking away like getting rid of things in your human capacity and I'm I just didn't I didn't agree with it it doesn't like 
sit well with my my moral instinct. And so I came across this positive psychology um, program a while back and have had it in my sight line for quite a while and, and am now um, in the beginning stages of this course. And it's all about the exact opposite of that. Like why... How, how do we build human resilience and what are the important character traits we need to be the best versions of ourselves? And how do we fill instead of just take away, you know, like the old school psychology, um, it's kind of how they started this course, which I was like, yes, this is what I always say. And really focused on like, how, what do we get rid of? How are we taking away? What's wrong? What's bad? Like, how do we get rid of that? And this, this positive psychology is what can we add? What do we bring to the table? How do we build up? And I love that. So I'm I'm hoping to um, build a <clears throat> retreat system that is that. Like we're using yoga. Maybe we'll use dance, good food, adventures, whatever it may be. And this as like means to find this greater end of like our our potential, our our fullest human potential. That's beautiful. You're awesome. <laughs> I knew that before this episode but um it's just like another layer peeled back so thanks for sharing <laughs> and um like what you just said is kind of like i agree i agree and that could be a good argument for why art is necessary i think that yeah is 100 i just like to fight people on that to see what their answer to it is mm. you know i believe art is necessary me too. As much as I believe it's not, I do believe it's necessary. At your core, in that deep, yeah, seated space, you know, you need it. You need it, but even like, like with what you're saying, I see real like um, um, implication, like real application of that. Mm. Like a lot of my friends are getting into drama therapy. Yes, and that drama therapy is a type of therapy that will undoubtedly help pe people in yes. ways that other therapy cannot. And that therapy that will be helpful to those people could not exist without the art behind it. So mm -hmm. I'm on I'm on team art. Cool. I'm on team art. Me too. So I promised that there could be more singing at the end. So Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> I've ended the last couple episodes with a okay. game called Mind Meld. And, oh, and we can do that on our next episode. But for this one, I want to end it with a game called Do Run. Okay, and um, it's like a really short form improv game, and we're only going to do a couple rounds, and they're not going to be. It's not intense. Okay. And worst comes to worst, we can. <laughs> Someone get her towel. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we can edit it out, which we probably won't because it'll be fine. <laughs> but we could. Okay. So Good to know. let's just do it. Let's do it. So this is how it goes. It's a rhyming game. Oh. And it comes in sets of threes, and then after the third one, we can reset. Okay. So let it all the data and info wash over you, and then we'll fix it from there. Okay. So, um, I mean, we'll start from there. So it's like this. You set up the premise by, I met them at the bar. It could be the park, the bar, the bus, you know? Okay. The church. Met them in the dance. Met them at the jig. <laughs> Met him on the plane. Met him at the disco? Met him at Am the disco. Am I participating disco. yet? Yes, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> met them at the disco and their name was Sue. Met them at so the disco and their name was Sue. I started it. Oh. So, let's say that I said that. Met okay. them at the disco and their name was Sue. We both then go, a do run, 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 a do run, run. It goes like that. A do run, 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 a do run, run. 
So met them at the park and their or disco and their name was Sue. I do run, 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 I do run, run. And then you have to rhyme the next line. So it goes, and she had a really can of soda. <laughs> but it, okay, yes, but think of a soda that would rhyme with Sue. So, oh, it has to rhyme with Sue. Okay. Yeah. Um a Mountain Dew. Dew. Yeah. And she, she had, had a, a Mountain Dew. Okay. That would work. A do run 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 a, a do, do run, run run. So we're on our third one, right? Oh my gosh! So okay. this is the third one. Okay. On the third one, you have to rhyme three words with ooh. So it comes back to me. So I have the three. So always we, with ooh. Until we finish these three, and then we can reset the vowel. So watch. Met him at the disco, and his name was Sue. A do run run run, run, run a, a do, do run run. run. She she had a can of s- do Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. A do run 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 a do run run. Now I have three. Okay. A do do and then this is how we intro each of my three. A do 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 hey. So you do that with me. A, a do, 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 do 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 hey. And she had two boobs. A do a do, do, do do hey. And she had some nice shoes. A do a do, 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 do do hey. And I didn't know what to do. A okay. Do, do, do. It can be sloppy. It can be weird. It cannot okay. really make sense. You okay. get one. Mulligan, which means oh, I know a mulligan. Yeah, yeah. So My you dad can say poo or woo. <laughs> <laughs> Just has to rhyme with the vowel. You get one mulligan, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna fucking suck at this. Yeah, you are I'm committed. It's okay. This is necessary. This is necessary. Okay, look, but just so we you can practice and feel the vibe, let's do the thing that we just did, the written one, and then we'll do an improv one. Okay. Okay. Met them at the park, and her name was Sue. A do run run run, a do run run. She had a mountain. Good. A do run run run, a do run run, a do do do. Hey, and she had two boobs. A do do do. Hey, she also had shoes. A do do do. Hey, I didn't know what to do. A do run run run, a do run run. Look. Now we reset. It's your turn. So met them at. Set up another premise with another vowel. You got okay. it. Do I say two sentences? How you said the part. Met the them at the blank and, and the name was blank. Okay. All right. Do I go? Yeah, but let's count it off. This is going to be the one that we try, and whatever it is, it will is be how we end it. Okay. Because this has been great. Oh, since you're a dancer and you are used to counting in, go ahead and count us in. Okay. A five. A six, a five, Good. six, seven, eight. Met him at the shop, and his name was Hank. A do run, 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 a, a do, do run, run, run. He was built like a tank. A do, a do run, 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 a do run, run, a do do do, hey. A do do do, hey. A do do do, hey. Plank. A do do do, hey. We like to drink. A do do do, hey. We are going. <laughs> To stank. <laughs> a do run 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 a do run run. That's all my oh thanks. My God. This is necessary. <laughs> necessary, necessary. Necessary. Thanks. Thanks, Kaylin. This thanks, is great. Michael. Please, I would love for you to come back on because then oh, we can happening. we can dig into the tendons that we didn't get to and the muscular. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The fashion, the muscle. Myofascial. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) I suck at that game. This has been a Rock Rising Productions podcast. Thanks for listening.